When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the Clubhouse. Yeah, g'day everyone, welcome to the clubhouse, talking all things golf right across Australia. My name is Julian Bayard, Mark Allen is here as he is every week. Marco, welcome to you. Nice to see you, Jules. Always a pleasure, Marco. Any course records this week from you? <laughs> oh, well, just trying to beat your two, no, which you told us about happen. last week. Won't happen. <laughs> won't happen, buddy, but I I'm glad you're playing didn't, well. Didn't play this week, it was too wet. Yeah, too wet. Too wet, no good. Good, and, smart um, move, mate. I think there was 15 people in the local golf. Smart. <laughs> why would you play? Why did they play? Not sure. Why don't we go do something else? Yeah. Golf's too good a game. You ruin the course. Yep. Unless it's a tournament. You ruin your gear. Yeah. Your glove gets too wet. Don't bother. Yep. Folks, don't bother. Go do something cool. Yep. Do something nice. How was your week? Uh, week, was good. Yeah, week was good. Yeah, week was good. No, I didn't play. It was too wet for me as well. Yep. But uh, I did notice Dustin on Monday oh. morning our time. Yep. He's become mm-hmm. uh, a, a Goliath in the world of golf. He, the way he hits the golf ball now is, um, you know, I, I can understand how... Person who hasn't been in golf their entire life can look at Dustin and go, you know, he kind of looks the same as everybody else. But when you actually break down what he does with his golf game, yeah. um, the distance that he hits the ball is actually impossible compared to how square he keeps his golf club through impact. Once upon a time, you know, Lee Trevino, he's, his whole deal and the way he swung, the way he swung was because he tried to keep his golf club face square for three inches through impact rather than two inches. That's what you know. That gave him fifty percent more chance in his mind of hitting the ball straight. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty smart. Dustin Johnson would have thirty miles an hour more clubhead speed. Oh, I shouldn't say 20. 20. 20, 20 more clubhead speed. Twenty miles per hour more yeah. clubhead speed than Lee Trevino did, and probably keeps his clubhead square for six inches through the hitting area. So what he is doing is phenomenal. And you know, we all talk about his shut club face at the top and his bowed left wrist. Um, Normally, uh, if you had that, that combination, you're gone. You know I mean, you, that, you, 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 there hasn't been too many good players no. that way. Trevino was one, Azinger was another. Both the, all these guys, both those two hit low fades. Uh, Dustin Johnson hits low, uh, high bombs with the same club face angles. So it's it's hard to imagine, for me anyway, how he's going to hit bad shots. Mm. With club head speed. And here's the most amazing thing. I mean, routinely, Dustin Johnson, he leads the tournament when he plays in shots gained driving. Yeah. Unbelievable to do that on a regular basis. Yeah, Unbelievable. It, is. it really is. But here's the, here's, here's the kicker. Over the winter, last winter, all he did was practice his wedges. Yep. That's all he did. And now, as of last week... First... Leads the tour in proximity to the hole. So it's mm-hmm. closer than anybody else on tour from 50 yards to 125 yards. That's correct. 
Yep. How do you beat the guy? You could putt for him. Mate. You could putt for him and win. If you're going to be that good off the tee and then that good coming into the green, unbeatable you combination. can't lose. Yeah, unbeatable combination from tee to green. Yep. So as far as I'm concerned, there is a shots gained tee to green. He basically, you know, he would have won it last week. Yep. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think he won the driving. I mean, he, he's pretty much going to be very, very, very hard to beat. 14 top 10s, 21 starts this year. Yeah. That is. Three wins. So he's won a US Open, a World Golf Championship, and now he won the BMW, BMW. which is pretty much like the preliminary final. Going into not this week, we've got a buy this week. They've, well, they've taken note of the AFL. Yeah, they've uh, had a buy. They've had a buy before the grand final. Right yeah, before, well, yeah. it's a fascinating debate now about the PGA Tour Player of the Year because you've got Dustin Johnson's three wins. Yep. Now, big tournaments. You've got uh, Jason Day, who won the Players, mm. the WGC Match Play, and also won the Arnold Palmer Invitation. Massive. So, so whoever if, wins the tour championship, if Day wins win. the tour championship, he'll win. And if Dusty he Johnson win. wins it, he'll win. Yeah, even though even though Dusty won the U.S. Open, yep. the Players Championship, the Players is, is right up there. Is right up there. Yep. I mean, it's so close. So if if Jason can win the tour championship, mm. he'll then win the FedEx Cup. But if neither which of them, make, win, which will push him over the line, neither of them win. Neither Dustin of them Johnson win. I think Dusty it. gets it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm definitely with you because the U.S. Open just slightly yeah. ahead. When you follow it now, it's better, isn't it? Oh, it's so good. It's, it's so like much a final better. Series. Yeah, it's, it's so much better. So, they fiddled I, with the numbers in the FedEx Cup yeah. four weeks, yeah. and now it works really, really good. Mm. They've done a great job. Would you make a Jason Day pulling out another back complaint? Um, is it is it worrying? Getting no. to the worrying stage for him now. I've been following Ben Everill, who's an Australian yes. who works for the uh, PGA Tour mm-hmm. uh, dot com. And, and writes articles for them. I've been following what he's saying, and he's quite close with Jason, as yep. far as I can tell. Mm. And, well, it seems well like as far that. as I know. Yep. Um, and he seems to think it was pretty much precautionary. Mm. So no matter what happened, he was Jason was never going to drop out of the top five on the FedEx Cup. Now, the top five is important, folks, because if you're in the top five going into the last day, if you win mm-hmm. the Tour Championship, you then you win yep. the whole lot, uh, which is very important to, to realise. So there was never going to be a question about him uh, dropping out of the top five, and when he's got all these tournaments lined up post season, uh, all those tournaments are big money going into his back pocket type tournaments just for being there. Mm-hmm. Then it's pretty important that one he's he can play, yeah. but uh, you know two he 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 does want to perform well in the Tour Championship. More concerning for him than his back is his mm. driving accuracy. Right now, yeah. 50.68% of fairways this season. It's the worst of his career mm. so far. Yeah. And uh, you can tell when you watch him play that he's scrambling so often. Yeah. He's scrambling so And he's because he's so good yeah. at scrambling, he's able to stay in contention. But yeah. He's a genius wedge player. He's a genius with his chipping. His chipping is, you know, as good as there's ever been, really. I mean, Tiger was brilliant. Seve Ballesteros was brilliant. Phil Mickelson, brilliant. And probably Jason's just one little step behind those three. Mm-hmm. His chipping is unbelievable. Probably the same level as as uh, Jordan Spieth is just at the moment. Yeah. Jordan needs to do it for a little bit longer. We saw him hold you know three chips last week for <laughs> Eagle, which was quite phenomenal. Um, I, I still say, you know, it sounds like a young guy talking to me when he says, I hit my driver the best when I hit it as hard yeah. as I possibly can. <laughs> That is a young person's mentality. Mm. I think that will change. And as that changes, he matures as a person and as a professional. I think he'll pretty much go back to where he should be, which is Mr. 85%. Yep. 
I mean, that has been a proven formula for a long time. I mean, even though Greg Norman looked like he was having a fierce swipe at it, when he talked to the Shark, he probably hit the ball flat out more often than most. But when he needed to hit something in play, he wasn't going full tilt. Jason goes full tilt at everything that he... Every every time he's got the driver in his hands, he goes full tilt. Yep. Um, and you and, said when he's under more pressure, which you just said, he yeah. says, I hit it even harder. I go harder. Yeah. That's how I play. But I, I, when you watch Dustin Johnson play, he, he's not hitting it a million miles an hour, is he? No. You look at Martin Keimer, another guy who just hits that ball beautifully straight. They just don't. They don't hit the ball as hard with the driver in hand that Jason does. And like I said, I think as he matures as a person and a professional, um, he'll probably go back to – he might go back to Mr. 85%. He might go back to Mr. 90%. Mm-hmm. And he'll find that he hits the ball just as far. Mm. I mean, as long as you're accelerating at the right place, folks. Uh, and it's hard, you know, if you've been trying to kill the driver for a long time, it's hard to change your tempo. But the best players, they accelerate. They try and get the club head moving um, past the ball fast. The last thing you want to do is have it moving at, at its fastest uh, at, its, at its accelerating it at its highest tempo before you hit, get to the ball. Yep. You want to accelerate at the right place. So, um, you know, if you're one of these guys who really jerks it down from the top or even one of the girls who jerks it from the top of your backswing, that's no good. Yep. You've got to actually accelerate the club through impact. That's the place to do it. And if you're doing that at around 90%, you'll find that because you're not so tight and trying to hit it as hard as you can, the ball will go just as far. Mm. The ball will go just as far. You relax more on your backswing. Uh, because you relax more, your body will be able to turn more, and the turn creates the power. One thing I want to talk to you about, Jason Day, mm. and that is his apparel. <laughs> because a, di- a story came out on ESPN.com yep. this week, which is a ridiculous amount of money. It's not Rory McElroy ridiculous, but it's $10 million a year, and it's reported now that Jason Day has agreed to wear Nike clothing Correct. next year. Just to wear the Nike clothing, ten million dollars a year. Yep, it's Staggering. huge. It's Staggering. huge. So what what what's made that possible is that uh, Nike are out of the ball business and the yep. club business. So Jason loves TaylorMade. Mm-hmm. He loves the ball that he uses as well. Yeah, but he'll be using Nike shoes, Nike glove, and uh, Nike head to toe. Basically, mm-hmm. that's how that's how they do business. And you know, it's funny um, when you see the Nike players getting around. And Nike only do deals where it's head to toe and there's nothing else. Yep. That's why they pay so much. It looks pure. Mm. It looks like it looks you're going back to the old you days. Don't you, have know? The, you have the Lexus logo and all that other stuff. Yeah, all, all, all that stuff. And it's all just going to be clean. It's going to be clean. Clean as a whistle. Yep. And yeah, it's funny when you when you watch, um, you go back two or three years now, NBL, our basketball. Yeah. The court was just one sponsor's <laughs> logo after another. <laughs> you looked at their, you know, the singlets they were wearing. You couldn't tell what colour they were. There was so much gear on it. It looked, it looks messy. Yep. Uh, and some professionals out there look really messy. But when you look at the way Tiger Woods dresses, and and now you know Jason's going to be dressed the same sort of way. I absolutely guarantee it. Mm-hmm. That the clean look that he will walk onto course with now, um, it's just going to be great. Yeah. I mean, he's a beautiful player to watch anyway. But uh, he's certainly going to clean himself up. I wonder whether he's... I think he's a Lexus man. He is, yep. So I wonder if uh, he's going to have a, a Lexus there. Yeah. He should get a Mercedes uh, badge, by the way, <laughs> if he goes down the Berwick Mercedes-Benz. That's probably where he'd oh, best be geez. serviced. Yeah, that's where he'd best be, yeah. be serviced, old Jason Day. Probably but where it is. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's an enormous move. 10 million UEs per year. Yep. Now, of course, Adidas is selling their golf arm with TaylorMade. So yeah. they yeah. split up. 
So uh, that's happened. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I didn't even know what's happening actually. I'm a, I'm tailor made and Adidas mm. uh, ambassador. Maybe you can get a. <laughs> well, hopefully, I love all the gear, <laughs> so I, I don't want anything to happen. Yeah. I don't want anything to happen. Yeah. I don't want anything to happen. But anyway, um, yeah, tailor made. Look, it is a very profitable business, yeah. even though it doesn't make as much profit that uh, probably Adidas needs it to. Um, I know Adidas are still going to uh, concentrate on their apparel as well. So they'll still have golf apparel, but they, they're they just going to let go uh, the golf arm uh, of their business mm-hmm. as far as you know, clubs and balls and everything else. Yep. It's clear, and the article on ESPN.com was talking about it, that Nike wants some presence on Sunday afternoons in majors when the ratings are big. Yeah. They haven't been able to get that. I yeah. think the, Do you reckon they'd be disappointed with what Rory has provided them with since... He came across. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't be wrapped. They yeah. probably thought he he would have he was going to take a lot out. More. Yeah, they yeah. Pro- how many how many majors has Rory won? I think he's won five. Mm. So you know that, that's still a, an unbelievable return. But if they thought someone was going to be um, like Tiger was, they'll in Dreamland. Now, yeah, yeah Rory, Rory could end up winning. Um, <laughs> He could end up winning ten majors. Maybe he's only got four majors. Rory, yeah. he, uh, the one he hasn't won is the. He's won a US Open. He hasn't won the Masters. No. So he's won a US Open. He's won a couple of PGAs and a British Open. So there's four. They probably, you know, were banking on him halfway, you know, probably close to the 10 at this point. Yep. After he won two in a row at the end of uh, 2014. 25 million a year, they would have hoped so. Yeah, they were hoping for it. Mm. But uh, look, the, look, there's no doubt some of the Nike players, they look, they look brilliant they with look just, with, just with there's only a fluoro, one little tick on everything. Fluoro. I'm not sure about the fluoro. I love it. You'd want to be under 25 to, to make that work, I think. Oh, you're not a fluoro man? Uh, just when I go running at night time, yeah. put the shoes on, <laughs> just so you can be seen. The, you got the bright pink numbers or something? <laughs> no, yellow, or, yeah, no, just yeah. the yellow ones. Yeah. That's the go though these days. Yeah, I like it. That's the go. Yeah. Anyway, it'll be, um, it's not going to affect his game, you wouldn't think, but it's certainly going to affect his look. And we like talking about it. Yeah, he's, <laughs> it means he's caddy Cole Swatton. He'll be, uh, oh, he'll have a new wardrobe as well. He will. He'll be up. <laughs> he'll have the new shoes and yeah. and the rest of it. But um, we'll see. We'll see. And hopefully, this time next week, uh, Jason Day's up to his eyelids mm. uh, in the Tour Championship. Hopefully, hopefully. By the way, yeah, I'm sure. Whether you uh, like to have a little flutter on golf, mm. but uh, the Tour Championship, there's only thirty people playing. Mm-hmm. Jason Day is currently at ten dollars mm. in a thirty-man field. Mm. That's good. That's over the odds. Is it? Yeah, Dusty's at five and a half to one. Yeah, five fifty. But uh, yeah, just keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. Do yourself a favour, maybe, and just put a little tenner on. Yeah, tenner turns Game into 100, ten to hundred. Yep. Not bad. Marco's tips. There Not it is. bad. Not bad. <laughs> Don't mind it. Hey, we're going to get to a break, but I want to talk next, golf clubs merging. Because yeah. you're, you're big on this, aren't you? Oh, well, I think golf clubs all around the country have to change, change the way they're run. And we saw two golf clubs in Victoria this week merge, yeah. and we'll talk about that next. That's going to be a really successful one. We'll tell you more about it next. All right. This is a clubhouse across Australia. Mark Allen and Julian Bayard talking all things golf. Back right after this. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Mark Allen and Julian Bayard with you as we talk all things golf right across this golfing weekend on The Clubhouse. It's terrific to have your company. Hope you're uh, hitting them well mm. or on the way out to hit them well today. Yeah, someone will be. Someone will be. Yeah, 
Well, hang around. Make sure you're still in the car for the That's master it. class. Ooh. We've got to rip it today. Do you? Yeah. Nice. Hang now, talking about uh, golf clubs merging, Marco, mm. this is on the back of two Melbourne clubs this week, Churchill Park and yeah. Waverley, who voted to merge. I think it was on Wednesday night this week. Yep. The new club to be known as Churchill Waverley Golf and Bowls Club Limited. Will be uh, will consolidate on the current Churchill Park land in Churchill Park. That's in Endeavour Hills, which yep. is in Melbourne southeast. Waverley Golf Club's land is going to be sold for redevelopment after a transition period expected to span between three and five years. Brilliant! I mean, it's really, really clever, really smart. Um, their golf clubs probably right across Victoria, right across New South Wales, and and probably right across uh, Queensland and regional Australia, everywhere that are in trouble. Mm-hmm. And this is a great way out. I mean, one. More and more Australians are coming uh, and living in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, kids are growing up, all the rest of it. The urban sprawl continues. So we need land. So the land becomes quite valuable. And this, if you can make it work, can be brilliant. Because Churchill Park, like I played Churchill Park when I was a kid, but mm. I remember it being a, a great bit of land. Yeah. So with the extra money coming in, one, they might you know soup up the clubhouse, mm-hmm. so it looks magnificent. But two... All those little jobs that need to be done yeah. around the course. Like the 50 things that are on the groundskeeper's wall. They get done. Tick. Tick. Tick them off. Yeah. They're all done. Whether it's drainage, whether it's new greens, mm-hmm. whether it's new course design, whether they need a net on you know a fence somewhere yep. so someone's house doesn't get smashed. <laughs> the whole lot. New drag, new practice. It, it all gets done. And it will transform. I mean, most places, all they need is money. Mm. You know, all they need is a bit of cash. And Churchill Park, again, the way I remember it, Fantastic bit of land. Sounds like they've got a bowls club down there. I mean, if they end up building uh, a great clubhouse, I mean, I don't know what their plans are, but they end up building a clubhouse, put a whack of gym in there, a couple of tennis courts, and turn it into like a country club. Mm. I mean, you go to a whole well, new level. Yeah. Suddenly your yeah. standard seven-day-a-week membership is worth That's right. north of whatever. We hear some of these places, you know, I think Eastern, they were talking about like 80 million or 100 million. I don't know the exact figures. Let's, let's just really be conservative and say it's yeah. 50 million bucks. So if, if if and even at Waverley, let's say it's, you know, at Waverley, it's $30 million mm-hmm. that they can sell the land off for. I mean, $30 million injected into a new clubhouse at Churchill Park. I mean, yeah. if they spent 10 of that on the on the clubhouse, you get the greatest clubhouse in the whole world <laughs> for 10 mil. Um, let's say you spend another two or three on the golf course. I mean, you could do some amazing things out there. And the best bit is, if you get that done now, whoosh, get it done, then while it's being done, you've still got Waverley to play while everything else is being done. So you can actually get people off the golf course, come down and play Waverley, come and play here until it's done. You've got three years of playing both to get it done. There are ways to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really clever. But, you know, these golf courses probably 10, 20 years ago, especially Waverley, I mean, was always quite a a fantastic members golf course. And, um, you know, last week I had to actually go to Sydney and have – a chat to a lot of the managers up there at the lakes about uh, you know, my, you know I, I got asked to come up and just talk about um, the challenges uh, facing some of the golf clubs right. and, and younger people coming in the golf clubs and I'm, I'm just trying to explain to them that you know people who are you know they're who who play golf and you want them to join golf clubs they're usually around 40 years old yeah they've got kids and the difference between uh, being a member of the golf club and paying an extra four or five thousand bucks a year or sending your kids to a nicer school well, mum's going to win that argument every day. <laughs> yeah, dad, the dad kids are going to a, to a good school. <laughs> yeah. But if if golf clubs become more people friendly, and when I say people friendly, like not eighty and ninety year old 
people friendly the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. The way we are today, which is very relaxed, turn up in jeans, you know, come down to the golf club and, and have a sandwich and be able to walk into, into a place in your jeans or a pair of runners or whatever you're doing and enjoy the golf club, then that's just, that's what we want. Yep. That that's, gives you another reason to join. But so many of these golf clubs that, um, well, let's say that they're not the top shelf golf clubs in this yeah. in this state okay. in New South Wales, they want to behave like they are the top shelf. So they got all they these want rules. the same rules. Yeah. So you know, no denim, yeah, no t-shirts, yeah, you know, nothing, uh, no thongs. It's funny when I, I <laughs> up in New South Wales. Up there in New South Wales, I said, you know, that today in summer, you know, you play around the golf. The last thing you want to do is come back in the clubhouse. Your feet are hot. Your feet are sweaty. So wouldn't it be just fantastic if you're at your golf club, you could just kick your boots off <laughs> and put a pair of thongs on, come back, sit in the sit outside in the sun with your thongs on, like you would at the pub, where you probably end up going now anyway, yeah. and actually just having a, a beer and a sandwich and relax at your golf club. Wouldn't that be magnificent? And a few people in New South Wales, they put their hand up and said, yeah, we're doing it at our club. And it has transformed our golf club. Really? Okay. So those golf clubs, there was two blokes who put their hand, two managers who put their hand up mm-hmm. up in New South Wales, and they were coastal golf courses. And they were saying just how it has transformed the membership. So once upon a time, you know, they'd play in a hot day. You know, plenty of hot days up in New South Wales and Queensland. They'd play in a hot day. Um, and the choice between... You know, coming back to the golf club or going somewhere where you could kick your shoes off mm. became too great. They brought in the thongs rule. So, you know, <laughs> blokes are walking up into the golf club in their thongs, putting their golf shoes on at their locker or in the change room, which is what all golf clubs want you to do. Yeah. No one wants people changing their shoes in the, the car. In the car park. <laughs> Nobody wants which that. Which is what you do. Which is what everyone does. Yeah. So you can leave your... I mean, think of this, folks. You could leave your shoes at the golf club in your locker... <laughs> mm. Rock up in your thongs, walk into the into the change rooms, do whatever you need to do, put your sunscreen on, do whatever, put your golf shoes on, whiz off and play around, come back, sign your card, put your shoes back into your locker, whack your thongs on mm. and go out into the courtyard and have a chicken sandwich and a pot and talk to your mates yes, please. instead of going down to the pub. Yeah. Well, the clubs that have done that in New South Wales are kicking on. Yeah. And then the other hands start going up. Barefoot bowls. You know what the barefoot yeah. bowls has oh, done mate. down here in Victoria. How that been? Barefoot bowling in New South Wales has gone ballistic. So all these bowls clubs that were <laughs> almost dead and buried, you know, they've changed their attitude and they're bringing people back in. I, I use the example, I'm a member at um, Kuyong Tennis Club. Yeah, right. And because I've been a member at Huntingdale Golf Club my whole life, um, I, I, I got to... I'd never been a member of a, 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 a tennis club before. Um, and there's a gymnasium downstairs. You know, I came up for the first time and I was just going to have a bit of a chicken sandwich after I'd used their gym. Mm. And I got up there and there were people walking around in their gym clothes. There were people walking around in their tennis clothes. There were people walking around in their jeans and a shirt and shirts tucked out. Yep. I, I, I just couldn't. It didn't <laughs> feel couldn't it, it. it didn't feel right yeah. because it felt like a beautiful place. Mm. Um, anyway, in Kuyong. You know, I get to know the people at Kuyong <laughs> and I got to know the management at Kuyong. They are going so well at Kuyong. I mean, their their waiting list is like 10, 10 years yeah. to be a member of a tennis club. Yeah. And every other golf club, you know, around town, they, they just it, it's just a different 
It's just a different way of getting around. Yep. So, you know, these, some of these golf clubs that are out, and let's, like, they're A-grade, B-grade, and C-grade C courses. Yep. So if, if you were a member of a B-grade course, which some of them are fantastic, if you could just walk in there with your thongs on and have a beer and a sandwich and you start telling your friends about it, then away you go. But instead, you know what happens? These guys who are members that have been a member at the golf club for a long time, they tell these stories that, oh, mate, I walked in there, we had my shirt tucked out, and yeah. I got told off. got yelled at. I got yelled at. <laughs> I got told to go to the secretary's office because my shirt was tucked out. That infects, that infects yeah. the golf club. Why would you want to go there? Why would you want to go there? You just want to play you around and go somewhere So, look, else? one day things will change. Yeah. Um, so what? In the meantime, you're going to have more and more clubs merging, probably for the better. So was there... What was the response like? Were they were people? Receptive oh, they're all nodding their heads. Going, oh, they're all nodding their heads. Idea. So these are all the managers. Yeah. So the managers they're charged with bringing more money into the into the golf club. Yeah. It's not the managers. The managers, most of them, would do it at the drop of a hat. Yeah. It is the, the board it is the, the committee, committee. Yeah. the president, and the captain, and in most cases, fifty years of tradition yep. to where this is the way our golf club runs. But you'd want to get it's into tough. the real. You know, you you would want to get into. The real world pretty soon if yeah. you are one of these B grade or C grade golf courses in town because you know what they're building these beautiful courses down the peninsula mm. down here in Victoria beautiful courses up in the hinterland up in in Queensland mm -hmm. beautiful golf courses are public access and guess what you can have your shirt tucked out yep. you can you can turn up with a pair of runners on and go in and have a sandwich you can yep. do all that sort of stuff you can have a few beers you can drive in the cart you can do all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. you don't have to be dressed to a T. To be accepted there. Well, I, from my point of view, Mark, they're so go I'm, well. yep. I'm 27. Yep. And to me, paying a five, ten thousand dollar joining fee to join an elite golf club is just impossible. Well, you're, probably, you're probably trying to save for a house, house. deposit. Yeah. Right. So to be impossible. able to go to an elite golf course like that would be great, but you, can, you just can't afford it. Yeah. But there are so many public course options now, which are great. Like you say, down the peninsula, which might cost you 50, 60, 70 bucks a round. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you play there once a week, it costs the same amount and there's no restriction. You can go and play yep. 50 different courses a year. That is right. Whatever you want to do. So I'm a, personally, I'm an RACV member, golf yeah, membership. Perfect. And you get discounts everywhere and you, Fantastic. Know, you can go and do that. So I think that golf membership right now, there's no, there's no appeal to join a private club like that because I don't see it as being value for money. Appeal is the correct term. Yeah. Imagine if you and five of your mates, six of your mates, you're all you know, all of you played every Saturday morning together. Mm -hmm. And on Saturday mornings, once you finish your golf, you could just whack your thongs on and go have a barbecue and watch the races in the watch the races, you know, do all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, there is appeal. Yeah, but there but, is you can't do that. No, most so golf why, clubs. But why would you want to? For me, why would you want to fork out that much cash no, to do it? You can't. They can't. Yeah, there has to be a lot of appeal. Yeah, not just a little bit of appeal. Now, the little bit of appeal is that you can just turn up and play and play somewhere that's you know a nice course that's close to home. Well, that's right. Yeah. That's that's a that's little bit the, of appeal. Well, that's a fair appeal. But it, it has to be a appeal. lot of appeal. Yeah. There has to be an awful lot of appeal. So yeah. either a top 100 golf course in the world, yeah. that's a lot of appeal. Mm -hmm. But if you're not a top 100 golf course in the world, yeah. then there needs to be other little bells and whistles. Yeah. And just being able to relax with your mates, just like you would down a pub, that's appealing to most. Mm. So that's where... Golf clubs have got to get probably their heads out of the sand and just accept it that mm. you're no longer a you know it's not a boarding school type edict that we're trying to follow. Yep. Things have changed, yep. and until that changes, the appeal that you are talking about yeah. will be lost. Fascinating, fascinating.
Anyway, we'll see. We'll, we will see what happens people, in the future. People probably driving to their private golf clubs now, going, "Oh well, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy." Well, I wish I was wearing a pair of thongs. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could just kick my golf shoes off after you know walk yeah. seven kilometres in them, yeah. and uh, have a beer and a sandwich, yeah. and then go home happy. That feeling when you take your golf shoes off is one of the greatest oh, things ever. <laughs> it is beautiful. It is even if you could only do it in the spike bar, you know. Yeah. Maybe thongs in the clubhouse is a bit rich. But if you could just kick your thongs off and sit outside. Yeah, in the courtyard, that'd be good. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Anyway. That's that's appealing to me. Ryder Cup team, Marco. US team. Captain's uh, pick. Some of them one have pick been left. selected. We'll talk about that next. Plus, Aaron Badley. Did you yeah, see him putting? How about the new tournament in Perth? We've got to talk oh, about, we about that as well. That, yeah. We've got to talk about that. Did you see Aaron Badley, what he was putting with last uh, week? I did see him putting with the wedge. I yeah. don't know why, but I've got the feeling you know why. Well, I'm going to find out next. Righto. This is the clubhouse right across Australia. In your life have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the clubhouse. Right around Australia, talking all things golf. Mark Allen and Julian Bayard are here in the studio as we take you through this golfing weekend. Now, Marco, Ryder mm-hmm. Cup isn't too far yeah, away. Straight after the Tour Championship, and so a couple of weeks. United States Captain Davis Love III has made his first three captain's picks earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, JB Holmes, yep. Ricky Fowler, and Matt Kuchar. All makes sense. All been added in. No Bubba Watson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we tipped that. You did. Didn't we? We, did. we suggested that that would be the case uh, yep. for a number of reasons. Do you know why they've left the the uh, last space open. I think because Brant Snedeker might have won the FedEx Cup Championship a couple of years ago and they'd he made their picks <laughs> and then he didn't get into the Ryder yeah. Cup team. I think it was Brant. It might have been somebody else. Um, but that was egg on face type moment for the Americans. Yeah. Uh, and they they have changed their ruling. So if there is a shock winner of the FedEx, you know, of the Tour Championship and then he actually wins the FedEx Cup, they want that FedEx Cup player playing in the Ryder Cup. That's yeah. really important. Otherwise, it looks ridiculous. They have a season-long tournament and then have the actual winner of that tournament, winner of the grand final, not in the Ryder Cup team. Yep. That's ridiculous. So they've got that one spot open. I reckon that one spot will probably go to Bubba Watson. They probably, probably will put him in. Well, he's seventh in the world. Yeah, but it's a nice little message. Yeah, yeah it's a nice little message to Bubba. And interestingly, Ricky Fowler. Watch yourself. I read Ricky Fowler's Ryder Cup records. Horrific. Yeah, yeah. Never won. Is that right? Never yeah. won. But look, you you know, it's like to be in a in a team. You would have been in teams growing up. Mm. If there is one guy in the team that no one kind of yeah. wants to no one really pair wants up to with. Hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> there is a certain awkwardness that yeah. uh, you don't need to have. Imagine sort of in that schoolyard pick and Bubba's just yeah. one bike left behind. Is Bubba actually even playing this week? Uh, Did he make it to the top 30? Yes, he is. He is making it? Yes. Yeah, right. So Bubba's yeah. playing. So look, if he, if he plays well, he's definitely in. But if they get a surprise winner, a, a surprise American winner, um, then that person will, will jump in in the spot. Yep. And that's, that's, that's come straight from the, from the US tour. Yep. So the US tour were embarrassed when that they happened. weren't happy with it. No, they were embarrassed when that happened, however long ago it was, mm-hmm. uh, and have made sure that the the champion golfer of the year, in their mind anyway, not, it's not, that's what they usually call <laughs> they reserve the champion golfer of the year for the Open Championship, but on the US Tour, the champion golfer of the year, um, that person needs to be in the Ryder Cup team. Yeah. So that's why the space is available now. Marco, what's going on in Perth? Uh, great tournament. Now, this is this is going to be really good. Um, so it's they've been trying to, you know, make golf just a little bit different. And uh, we all love a bit of match play, and we love the stroke play as well. So the Perth International um, is now going to be called the P- the Perth World Six, right. or Super Six, or something like that. So they'll play um, a full field, so 144 players. That'll be cut down to the normal cut mark after two rounds. Um, the Saturday round, which is the third round, 
there will be another cut made at the end of the day to the top 24 players. So the top 24 players, if there's going to be a playoff, there'll be playoffs for those top 24 spots. Um, So there's going to be left with 24 players. Now, the top eight players will be seeded. And the bottom 16 players, the next day, they will play in the first round. So that's really good the way they've done that as well. So if you've played really well after... um, after 54 holes mm. and you're in that top eight, then you automatically get to like, you know, okay. almost the quarterfinals, uh, which is fantastic. And it is six-hole match play on the last day. So those... Six-hole? Uh, six-hole match play. Nice. Yeah. So if there's a tie after six holes, there's a six-hole type... Um, uh, there's a six-hole... Uh, there's a 90-meter, which is a 100-yard shot. Uh, they're going to build a tee 90 meters away from the green on the last hole. If it's tied, they go back and they play out the hole. If it's still tied after one hole, then it's the nearest to pin competition uh, to decide who goes through to the, to the next round. So when they play on the Sunday, this is a really good bit. It's just six holes right around the clubhouse. Yeah. So th- you'll it's be able great. to see a lot of golf. It'd be good for viewing. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it is, a, it is a great initiative. And they reckon the European Tour has been t- thinking about something like this for a long time. They've been waiting for a tournament to take it on. Um, and Perth, now I think the Perth... This tournament is going to be run by the PGA Tour. It's going to be part of the European Tour. It's going to be in February. Mm-hmm. So they've got one in place, which is good. We one, just need to get everything yeah, else. We four. just need to get all our other <laughs> tournaments in February, if you're listening out there. And there will be a very attractive place to come down and play, if you can do that. But I love it. I reckon, you know, you see you see some of the great players getting around on Thursday, Friday. That's great. Saturday, there's actually a bit of a feel to it. You know, you want to get in the top eight. You want to get in the top 24. It's going to be a bit of a playoff action. And then the last day... Just those six holes around the clubhouse, um, one pairing after another, it will be sensational. Yep. So I'm, I think it's a great thing they've done. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the tournament looks. Yep. I think it could be. I reckon, you know how they had the Stableford event. You can kiss that Stableford rubbish goodbye. Donsky. Oh, absolute <laughs> garbage compared to this. Yeah, this much better. If you want to, yeah, I reckon, I reckon it could get to a, I reckon it could get to a stage where we might have about. 10% of the tournaments around the world could end up being like this. Wow. That's how... I mean, I can't wait. <coughs> I can't wait to see it, but I can't see any fault with it. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. Okay. There you go. Fascinating. Now, one thing I want to talk about, Mark. We've got a brand new segment. Yeah. Honda Power Equipment have jumped on board, which Beautiful. we love. Uh, Honda's four-stroke lawn and garden range, 329 bucks. Beautiful. Brilliant. Uh, Honda specialist dealer. Go and see them. Honda's four-stroke lawn and garden range on sale from just $329. Now... Beautiful. Power player of the week. Yes. I love this. Yes. I absolutely love this. It's hard enough to have seven one putts in 13 holes yeah. when you got your normal putter. Did he do it with a wedge? Aaron Badley did it with his lob wedge. He had seven one putts with his lob wedge. Seven one putts in 13 holes with his lob wedge. Now, I loved it. So I went hunting to try and find out why. Now, your man, Ben Everill, who you mm. talked about earlier, who works for PGA.com, I yep. think. Um, yep, PGAtour.com. PGAtour.com. Um, he actually caught up with Aaron Badley and interviewed him via his mobile phone on the right. practice screen afterwards. I've got the audio. Yeah, let's have a listen. I want to have a listen to Aaron Badley talking about why he was putting with his lob wedge. And he actually gives out a couple of little tips on right, how nice. to putt with your lob wedge. Let's take a listen. At 14, I actually I, I three putted the hole and I actually gave like a gentle five yard, six yard toss. And the putter must have just landed on the right angle and it just bent it just a little bit enough to where I wasn't able to use it for the rest of the day. So I pulled out the lob wedge and putted with the lob wedge. Actually, putted really well. Had seven one putts in 13 holes, and 
and uh, here I am at the BMW. So if this happens to the average Joe, or if we're out there and we bend our putter and we're used to, you know, have to use the lob wedge, can you run us through, you know, how you would go about this? Yeah, I mean, obviously with the lob wedge, it's a lot of loft, so you want to try and really hit the uh, on the right on the flange here and the leading edge, I guess you could say. So what I, I like to do is I put the ball up in the stance just a little bit, so it allows me to hit just a little bit up on the ball, which makes it easier to hit the, the middle of the of the, of the uh, leading edge. So you just put it up in the stance, and then just hit that halfway up the leading edge, and just roll it right in. Too easy. That's, easy. There's a reason why you're fifth on tour in strokes game putting, mate. Well done. Cheers. There he is, Aaron. Leading edge, Aaron. Yes. The leading edge. The leading edge. That's yeah. what we're looking for. That's the word. Yeah, much better. <laughs> now, sorry for the audio call, but it was off his mobile ah, phone. Fantastic. Thought it was great that uh, Aaron Badley told him about no, why good. he was putting with his lob wedge. That's uh, he's our Honda Power Player of the Week. Well, I bet Honda's four-stroke lawn and garden range from three hundred twenty-nine bucks. Being number five on the strokes gained putting stat yeah. is so good. Yeah. If you're in the top <laughs> five on in that stat on that tour, you're just a genius. Yeah. You are a genius with a putter or a lot wedge. Or a lot wedge. Seven in one putts in 13 yeah. holes. <laughs> that is true. He was draining him from everywhere. It was unbelievable. It's funny how it works, you know. A lot of people do that. They get a lot, you know, some, you can see some players doing it with their uh, hybrid when they yes. bend the putter and they shouldn't be putting with it. Others play it putt with the driver. Yeah. But I reckon the most successful is the, the actual lob wedge. They're normally quite heavy. Yeah. When you grip down, you know, a driver or if you grip down your, your hybrid club, it makes them very, very light, but yep. the uh, the lob wedge is always a quite a heavy club, and mm -hmm. it's just a better feel. Even though the, the leading edge yeah. is not is not dead straight, it's got a curve to it. Um, you don't miss the curve too badly. Got to get to a break, but really quickly. Mm. Have you ever thrown the club and it broken, and you had to get never? No, no, no. I've been pretty good. Uh. Never. I was always very patient. Really? I was a very patient Boy. person. Yeah. Used to swear a bit, but I never used to. <laughs> <laughs> Never used to uh, throw a club or anything. Don't do that, kids. No. No need for that. Definitely not. Just let a few go. That's just, all. Just if you've thrown a club five swear yards swear under your breath. Landed on a bad angle. It's actually good for you, I think, if you yeah. actually swear under your breath. Yeah. Just not, no one else has to hear it. Don't look like an idiot. Especially if you're at one of those courses we talked about before. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that don't allow you to wear thongs. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get to a break. Masterclass, what do you got? Uh, a good one. Really? Hang around. All right. This is the Clubhouse right across Australia. Marco's Masterclass. Yeah, it's time to get a free golf lesson from the number one golf teacher on radio, Mark Allen. Uh, if you're in your car, don't get out yet. Don't get out. This is this, this could, could change, change it. It could change everything. Hey, I've always told people when they putt not to use their arms. You have. So don't use your arms when you putt, folks. Keep your head still. Don't use your arms. You know, rock your. I always say rock your rib cage. Um, the biggest fault I see with most people when they actually try and hit a golf ball is they swing too much with their arms. So I'm going to take this to another level. When you actually set up properly to hit a golf ball, don't use your arms to start the club back. Don't use them. Mm -hmm. In fact, what you do is you only use your body to start the club back, and then you break your wrists. That's really, really simple. And if you do that, I mean, if, if the reason what people... So you're talking a putt or a, a normal shot? Normal, full swing. Yep. A full swing. So once you've set up, you've got to be set, you've got to be set up properly mm. to do it. So if you, don't, if you don't understand the setup, then you're in a bit of trouble. But if you feel like you've got a half a decent setup... When you put the club behind the ball, when you take the club away, when you get the club to move back, don't do it using your arms. Use your body. And when you use your body, once you get it, the club back, I don't know, two feet, then just break the wrists. And when you break the wrists, there's no real way to do it. Just follow, break your wrists and let the club's momentum take the club head mm -hmm. where it wants to go. And the good bit about using the club head's momentum is 
the momentum doesn't change of a golf club. It's going to be the same every single time. Yeah. So if you start the club with your body and then you just break the wrists pretty naturally, if you do that over and over, then one, your hands will never or your arms will never go past your body. So it's a good way of doing it. So you always, you know, I, I, I understand when you watch somebody swing a golf club, it looks like they start with their arms. Yeah. But I promise you the best players in the world, even though they might feel like it, their body is in control of the club head going away. So try that one, folks. I mean, if you're hitting the ball right and left and you really don't know where it's going, mm-hmm. it's because your arms just aren't in sync with the body. Um, and a good way of just starting the golf club back is just to not use your arms and get the club right. to move back without using your arms. So which part of your body should you be mentally thinking, I want to move this bit first? Because you've, well, you've probably got to have something to yeah, think yeah, yeah. which part's going to move. Well, you, I feel when I do it, I feel like it's my rib cage. And yep. my rib cage, it actually ends up being your whole trunk yeah. of your body to do it. Your whole body needs to actually be moving. So your left leg will move the way it should. Mm-hmm. Your hips will move the way it should. Your uh, rib cage will move the way it should. And very quickly, you'll learn to keep your head still. Otherwise, you're not going to make contact with that tiny little ball down there. But so many people take the club away with their arms. Mm-hmm. The best players, when you watch them, it's just not even a factor. And that's why the best players you see, they've got this big full body turn, and they've still got a short swing. Mm. I mean, if you've got a big, if you've got a massive shoulder turn and the club head doesn't go back to parallel, that is the beautiful recipe for distance and control. So to start the club, don't use your arms, folks. Once the club's in motion, probably about two feet, break your wrists, then hit the ball. No arms. There you go. No arms. Love Don't it. use your arms. Love armless. It. Armless. Be an armless swinger. <laughs> like you. You're pretty armless. Yeah, never look at him. Yeah. Linguini arms. Yeah. Well, you try it next time. I will. There's not much power coming from I'll tell you what it does. It simplifies the feeling of your swing. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing it for a while. I'm playing well doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm playing really well doing it. I've kept it from people. Yes, but now, now I'm actually now telling people about yeah. it. Yeah. Being an armless golfer. something because I've got nothing here. Ah, well. Yeah. Go eat yourself a pizza, lad. I might have to. You'll be all right. <laughs> hey, thanks for that. I'll see you next week, buddy. Yes, looking forward to it. <laughs> it's been the clubhouse right around Australia. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.